everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Brightcast by Shipwright. We're glad you're here. This episode is going to be a bit short because a lot of things are starting to happen here that we're going to talk about hopefully in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> but we just got back from Andros Island in the Bahamas. A lot of things going on down there and obviously the weather was beautiful. The swimming was great. I'd like to talk about a couple of things and... Uh, uh, so this will be a short one, but nonetheless, I hope entertaining. So thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, leave us a review on the Apple iTunes podcast. You can hear us on all of your favorite platforms. And uh, we just picked up another country that's listening to us, Portugal. So obrigado. All right. Thanks a lot. Welcome aboard. Well, we had the opportunity and the need uh, to go down to Andros Island in the Bahamas for a few days uh, because we've been working on some things with some people down there that look like it's starting to come to fruition. And if it sounds like I'm being mysterious and dancing around something, it's because I'm being mysterious and dancing around something. Uh, we will, you'll hear, you'll, you'll know when, when things start to pop, but we needed to go down to take care of a couple of things. So, uh, but we thought we would also take the opportunity to mix uh, some business with pleasure, or rather, I should say, pleasure with business. Actually, it's all pleasure, even when it is business. Uh, a couple of things. One is, we had, uh, well, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but, but, you know, I love to go bone fishing, and I love to go fly fishing when you bone fish. Now, you can do a spinner rod with fly fishing, but as one of my buddies who is a, uh, a guide uh, down in Andros goes, why would you want to do that, man? You know, you, you've got, if you can learn how to fly fish and throw a fly with a fly fishing rod, duh, uh, it is magical. And yes, it takes a little bit of practice, but if you get a good guide that can first stand you on the beach down there and teach you how to properly cast a fly rod, just as Glister Wallace, Glister, my man, uh, taught Holly how to do it, uh, you can get it pretty darn quickly. Because I'll tell you, when you're out bone fishing and you're pulling the flats and they are spooky, spooky fish, they're translucent, you really don't see the fish much as much as you see, if you can at all, you see their, their shadows. Now the guides can pick these, the, the bone fish out you know, from yards and yards away. Uh, I could be standing on one and not even see it. So there is definitely a real art to this science. And that's really why you've got to go get a guide who knows the flats, who knows what to do, who can guide you saying, you know, throw 10 yards out that direction. And, uh, you know, the, the fly pattern is usually like a crab or a shrimp. It's going to be something obviously that the fish likes to eat. And, and if you plop it in or it's a bad cast, um, you know, the fish are just going to spook right away. They are very spooky fish. Uh, they're hard to catch. And some days I've been out and never caught one. And then there have been days when my son and I, Toby, went out and, you know, at first it was very slow. And then boom, 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 boom. Uh, it, the magic happens. And when I say the magic happens, it because I think I said this in an earlier episode. When the bonefish hit your fly, uh, they will obviously know it's not a real shrimp or a crab. And they will take off 
at over 25 miles an hour. Now think about that little flywheel ripping out hundreds and hundreds of feet, uh, just screaming through the water. Goes, as, as the line cuts through the water and, and your fly rod is just like that. And you're like, woohoo! I mean, there's a lot going on when you hit hit on a bone. And then, you know, you slowly kind of, he runs and then you get him back in, you're pulling in. You really don't sometimes really reel too much. You're pulling the line in by hand because you got to do it fast. And, and then and then all of a sudden it'll get into the boat and it'll take off. Again, I mean, more stuff's happening. You're like going, this is unbelievable. My wife, equivalent Holly, gets tired of me saying, but it's true, that going bone fishing is about as much fun as you can have with your clothes on. Anyway, so I highly recommend that if you just like to fish at all, try bone fishing because it is just a ton of fun. So because we uh, have enjoyed bone fishing so much, uh, my family, Holly, myself, uh, you know, it's just it's a special day when you're out on the water with someone you love and care for. Um, just able to enjoy those beautiful turquoise waters because you're usually back in the mangroves and you know the water is just uh, vodka clear and it's that as I say it's that beautiful turquoise bohemian waters uh, and you've got a guide you know you want to pick your guides that are both knowledgeable obviously professionally competent but also uh, are just fun to be around and uh, you know my guys uh, Solomon Murphy and uh, Glister Wallace, uh, as best as they come. And this is world-class bone fishing flats, and these guys are world-class guides. Uh, so uh, you can get a hold of them through Small Hope Bay Lodge. Uh, I probably shouldn't know this. I, I know Solomon has a Facebook page. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we decided that, you know, you can get yourself an eight-weight or nine-weight saltwater rod uh, that you'll be using. I always use a nine weight, but um, I just, I wanted to do something special for these guys. And it just so happened that, that my daughter's husband, uh, my son-in-law, Jeff Davis, uh, created a company called Main Fly Company, and he builds his own fly rods. They're all Custom made, it's it's handcrafted with love and care and thoughtfulness. It's small batch. I have a link on the uh, podcast episode description. Main Fly Company. Look them up. So I uh, I contacted Jeff and said, "Listen, um, I want to get a couple of custom made fly rods for these guys down there. Thinking it might be a possible." line of business form. Maybe it will be. I don't know. He'll he'll decide that. I wanted to design it myself. I wanted the rod to have the Bahamian flag colors, which if you've seen it, it's uh, black, gold, and that beautiful blue. So uh, the blanks of the fly rods, of course, are black. Uh, and then the wraps are uh, gold with blue in the middle. And they are beautiful. And I'm going to put a picture on my Facebook Brightcast page as well as on our Instagram page so you can see what the rod looks like when uh, my best friend Tom and I went down and we both presented it to him because Tom commissioned the rods to be built, just four of them, and we both presented it to him. So Tom commissioned it, I designed it, Jeff built it, 
Solomon and Glisser are now going to go out there and uh, show them how it's done with a main fly company custom built bone fishing rod. Can't wait to get back down there and, uh, and try it out myself. So that's a little bit about the bone fishing we did. And next, I'd like to talk about a, a little bit more of a serious topic, and that's the diving we do down there. Hey, everyone. Here's a quick word from Anchor.fm, which is one of my sponsors. They provide me the tools to keep this broadcast free. Thank you. So I think I may have said this on an earlier episode, but you know, Holly is, is a very experienced diver. She worked on dive boats uh, going out of Miami uh, and sailing down through the Bahamas with guests who would do multiple dives a day. And Holly is, honestly, she's a fish. She's a mermaid. And she is happiest in the water and just frolics uh, in, in the water. She can't wait to get down there and go diving and snorkeling. Uh, she is half fish. Uh, and when we got together, I had told her I'd gone diving a number of times, but that I'd done the resort course because I, it was fine for me. And she looked at me and goes, she goes, we're not going to stay together very long if all you're going to do is a resort course, because then we can't do some of the dives that we really should be doing. And I was like, hmm, okay sold. So uh, I did a paddy course. And if any of you are thinking about uh, scuba diving or wanting to learn more about diving, even if you're not going to be a serious diver, you know, you're not going to be diver Dan, you know, going down to the depths of the ocean. You know, you just want to stay in, you know, shallow waters and look at pretty fish because, you know, the the light is best in the first 15, 20 feet of the water anyway. And then after that, it becomes more blue light as the, the light gets filtered out. So I like shallow diving. And if you're thinking you might want to uh, do stuff like that, I, I highly recommend doing the paddy course, just your open water recreational diver. And I thought, okay, well, I've, I've done this before and it shouldn't shouldn't be too much to do. So, you know, they, you find a dive shop, they sign you up with Patty so that you do an online course, right? So you do a lot of the uh, the book work and reading through it and the exercises. And then with the dive shop that you have chosen, you will have uh, a multiple times where you're in a pool. You're going to go to some pool uh, where you're going to learn just some of the basics of diving. And then you'll do an open water final certification. And the way I did it is I went through Discover Diving in Atkinson, New Hampshire, went, uh, did, did the online course. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And then we went to some pool down in Salem, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, it, doing it in a pool, basically you're looking at other people's hair in the water. Uh, but you know, you get you get to develop your skills of buoyancy and uh, you know breathing regular, clearing your mask, clearing your regulator, understanding how the whole system works. Because as Holly said to me when I started doing the course, really what you're learning to do is not how to die, because you know you're you're underwater, you're you're breathing through your mouth from some aluminum tank on your back with compressed gas. And, you know, it's, it's not natural. And so uh, what the course teaches you to do uh, as the best they can, because there are idiots out there that won't listen, but it teaches you how not to die. And once you kind of feel that, well, maybe I'm not going to die, then you can sit there 
underwater, in say 25 feet of water, looking at this beautiful coral reef with all of its colors, with all of the corals and all of the multicolored reef fish darting around or hanging out and, and seeing things that just put a smile on your face. I mean, when you come up after a dive and you've seen such beauty in the water, you can't help but feel God's love. I mean, th th it's amazing down there. The things that are alive, and you know, everyone, of course, including me, uh, thinks there's every shark on the water, by the way, is right behind you. And I'm looking, you know, I first go down, I'm looking behind me and left, right? Because I know they're there. I know they are there. Surprisingly, they haven't been. So they've been very good about hiding from me, though I have seen sharks down there. So take the Patty course. I will also tell you that the book portion of it, the online portion, it takes a while. I thought I'd be done in a week or two. It took me a good month to get through it. And for good reason, because it really does go into great depth so that when you're ready to take a test, when you're ready to do the practical stuff, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit, at least enough to feel comfortable in the water. Small Hope Bay Lodge was built as a diver's paradise because there is the world's third largest barrier reef, literally, you know, just a few hundred yards offshore. Uh, an, an easy boat, an easy boat ride too. And then uh, you've got, it had varying depths, and then you have the tongue of the ocean, which is literally a wall that goes down 6,500 feet. And I talked about this in a previous episode because it's also where the U.S. Navy and the British Navy have their AWTEC, Advanced Undersea Testing and Evaluation Center, uh, for subs there. But it is amazing. It's like the Grand Canyon right there. Jeff Birch, who runs it, his father, Dick Birch, started up Small Hope Bay Lodge, and Jeff has kept this alive. Uh, and uh, I pray that uh, Brian Birch might be part of it, his son, in the future. They attract dive instructors and uh, dive masters from all over the world. In fact, uh, you know, from Canada, we uh, when we were just down there, we had uh, two people, Yenta and uh, Dylan, who were from South Africa. And we had Daniel from uh, Great Britain. And, and these divers, when they get into this as kind of a career or something they do, I mean, they go all over the world. Thailand, Madagascar, Australia. Uh, you know, when they come to Small Hope Bay Lodge, they're, they're bringing a wealth of experience in diving in all parts of the world. And they want to come to Small Hope Bay Lodge. They want to come to Andros because the diving is fantastic. So you have these incredibly capable uh, diving instructors and dive masters there to help you. And, you know, their whole job is to keep you safe and to keep you happy. You know, they want you to have a fabulous experience. And, and Jeff has also developed... Uh, on Andros with uh, the local Androsians, uh, a couple of fabulous guide instructors. Dennis Burroughs, uh, I call him my brother from another mother. Uh, Dennis is, I've, I've never seen anybody frolic in the water other than Holly like he does. The moment we we put an anchor and he ha he wants to go in and do it, I, I, it's just with such joy. He's just leaping in and a smile on his face. He, you can't get him out of the water. And, and then Ricardo is a young man was actually assigned to me this last time we went because uh, there are a bunch of experienced divers and 
they wanted to go onto the wall. Now, and that was about 170 feet, 180 feet down. I, don't, I didn't want to go down that deep because I hadn't dove in over a year. Um, but, you know, these guys were all, all into it, and they're all great. So I just, well, okay, I'll just stick around 60 feet, which is where I'm happy. Um, and I want to tell you an experience I had because I've always had a lot of fun doing it. And Holly is always supportive, as she was this time. Um, I got in, and I had a hard time equalizing. My left ear just couldn't do it. This happens to a lot of people sometimes. And I got, it was just very slow getting down. And it just, God, it was, pressure just would go fine and then it wasn't good and it just it wasn't it wasn't feeling right and and I got down about 50 feet and I just uh, uh it just wasn't right and one of the things Patty tells you is that if you're not feeling it don't do it the moment you let your ego and uh mind think oh I'd, you know like rub some dirt on it you'll be fine that's when things go south really fast and at one point, I kind of looked down, and there was the indigo water of the wall because we were right over it, and I could see the reef to my right. But I got a little disoriented. And the moment I got a little disoriented, I got a little dizzy. And I just looked at Ricardo and said, I got to go up. And he was great. He, uh, he brought me up to the surface slowly. We did a little decompression. And uh, at first, I was like almost embarrassed because I hadn't done the dive, and all these other experienced divers were down below. And then I wasn't because when you're diving, if you're not feeling it, something just doesn't is off with you that day. Uh, you just stop and you get back up on the boat and you live to dive another day. And I'm really looking forward to getting back in the water and getting in front of some coral and seeing those beautiful fish again, because that is the real joy of diving for me is the colors, the structure, you know, just the peace and the beauty of it all. So thank you, Ricardo. So after our diving uh, expedition that day, and, uh, you know, Holly was so wonderfully supportive and uh, because she is a very experienced diver, um, and she's like, yep, yep, well, now you've got the experience of it. And, you know, it's all part of the learning process. You know, it's like in anything and any skill that you you develop, you know, you, you learn from your experiences and, you know, you learn to reinforce what you've been taught because when you come into a situation and you've been trained and you're told this is what you really need to do and you follow that, it's a good day. So, we decided that one of the things uh, we were down with my best friend Tom and his lovely fiance Karen, and we decided we wanted to go hit the beach. Now, there are beaches all over the place in the Caribbean and the Bahamas, and uh, there's a nice beach uh, and Small Hope Bay Lodge. But we decided we we're going to go to this uh, beach a little bit away called Somerset, and uh, it is magnificent when the tide is low i mean you could walk out a quarter of a mile and you're not over your knees uh, you can find some places obviously little holes that you can kind of dunk into or go swimming but you know there's no footprints on the beach and you you just walk like you're feeling like robinson crusoe there you are there's no one else around now i will say uh later on or when we got there there were some uh 
local Androsians who uh, were up, they walked kind of south on the beach and they were looking for conch and uh, for dinner. God bless a place you can go and go get your own supper just by walking the beach. So they went down and uh, they were far away and we just laid and sat in the water. We had a Okay, I'll be honest. We had a couple of cocktails. We're sitting there just, you know, all of us sitting in the water in this little like baby pool area, just laughing and having a great time. I, I highly recommend if you go down there, just take a day, have them drop you off, uh, have the people at Small Hope Bay or wherever you're staying, drop you off, you know, late morning, uh, pack a lunch in a cooler and uh, make a day of it because, you know, when you're sitting there and the gentle sound of the waves the wind through the Casarina pines and the palms, and you're sitting in bath water, temperature water. It's just truly amazing. It was a whole lot of fun. And then, of course, when we came back, the because uh, I'm I'm always curious, and you know, so I, I and I love Bahamians, so you know, I went right over and just struck up a conversation, and they were showing me the the conch, and uh, this tells you a little bit about the character of the Androsian people is. Uh, so one of the ladies goes, well, here, have one. I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't take that from you. This is like, what are you going to do? Are you probably, are you going to sell them? Because you should. And you know, there's no, we're going to make dinner with them. And she, she gave me one. I said, I, I really, I can't accept it. And, and she goes, yeah, 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 no, please have one. And I'm like, wow. So, um, and then she goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then she gave me another one. And I said, I can't, I can't. So I'm leaning over at my, over my shoulder. I'm, I'm yelling to Holly. And I said, sweetie, the folks here are giving me conch because I'm so damn good looking. That's what they said. Of course, they really didn't say that. And Holly's like, yeah, right. So, you know, I went over. I didn't have any really any money in my wallet. I had five bucks. I said, we just take this for the gas money. And they wouldn't accept it. The Androsians that I know are thoughtful, caring, considerate, and I'll give you the shirt off their back. I, you know, they didn't need to do that, but that's who they are. I love them. Well, one of the great things to do when you're on Andros is go visit the Blue Holes. And the Blue Holes, and I talked about this in a previous episode, but they're a natural phenomenon. And they're really, they're, they're circular holes uh, carved out by the water that are either in the ocean or inland uh, in, on Andros. And uh, they're, they're they're connected through different like cave systems, not like huge caves, but you know, there's little waterways that uh, you know, they're all kind of interconnected. Uh, and the limestone has over the years been eroded. And honest to God, they're, they're almost perfect circles. There's a great one near Small Hope Bay Lodge, uh, and it's the Blue Holes National Park. There's a little structure there that's covered. You can bring like a cooler like we did and have a, you know, have your lunch or have some drinks. And, and there's a platform right over the water. You just leap out and jump about, I don't know how high, you know, it looks like a million miles up when you're up high. It's maybe 15, 20 feet. You jump into the blue hole and the blue hole has, uh, because it's inland, it's stratified. So there's a freshwater layer on top because freshwater is lighter in weight than salt water. Uh, so there's a freshwater layer and then there's a saltwater layer. You usually don't even get down to the saltwater layer. But you jump in this brackish water and you swim over and there's a, there's a ladder right there, a little platform to pull yourself up on and go up. And uh, our friend Karen 
She doesn't like jumping in the water, getting her face wet, and uh, she doesn't like the heights either, uh, but she jumps into the blue hole. And it's like one of those things where, you know, you're scared about it. You don't want to do it. But once you do it, you can't stop doing it. Yeah, we have to like drag her out of there. You know, Tom's like, Karen, one more jump. And she's like, no, three more. <laughs> so hey, if you get a chance, please go to the Blue Holes National uh, Park and uh, jump in the Blue Hole. There's uh, nature paths around it. Uh, it's very cool. It makes for a great photograph. I've got you know, Haley and her friend Amy jumping together, screaming and yelling. Uh, it's great to have your friends screaming and yelling, you know, so always get a shot of that. I think that's probably about it for this little postcard from Andros. It's a beautiful island, the least populated and yet the longest, uh, the biggest island, I should say, of the Bahamas. Uh, it's a magical place and, you know, it's it doesn't have the lights, the, uh, the nightlife, if you will, of Nassau or some places. But, you know, when we're at Small Hope Bay Lodge, we make our own fun and we usually have a big enough day so that you're exhausted by the time dinner's done. You've had maybe an after dinner drink and you go to bed and you look at your clock and it might be 830 or nine o'clock. You're thinking, oh, come on, I can't be going to bed this early. Yeah, you are. And you're really grateful to be going to bed that early because you've just had a wonderful day in the sun, the fun, the rum. You know, it's the real out island experience. So I'll stop there. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Brightcast by Shipwright. Earlier I said this might be a short episode, but I guess Holly's right. I do like to talk. Oh, well, who knew? Hey, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Tell your friends and family. Uh, we just love having you aboard. So thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.